app developer and you gotta build an app now an app that's native to your phone what are your choices now phone gap came first but now there's more and we got chris to talk about Welcome to, Tool- <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> Welcome to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks every other Tuesday at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I am Chris. And today we're talking about React, React Native. Native. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we get into our show, which is mostly going to be Chris talking about his side project right now, telling us all about the latest features, I want to say a shout out to today's sponsor, who is Retool. So a little plus one there to internal tooling and working smarter, not harder. If we're being honest, most engineers don't love building and maintaining internal tools like admin panels and inventory management tools, but every business runs off of tools like these. When you think about it, internal tools are mostly all comprised of the same building blocks. You've got tables, dropdowns, buttons, text, and they're all connected to a data source for CRUD interactions. And that's exactly what Retool helps with. It gives you a drag and drop interface so engineers can build internal app UIs in hours, not days, and spend more time building features that customers will see. It also connects to any database and API so you can pull in data from Postgres, just write a SQL query, a SQL query, I don't know why I said SQL, and drag a table onto (laughs) the canvas. That's a pretty cool feature. And you can write JavaScript pretty much anywhere inside Retool to manipulate your data in any way you'd like. So it does the baseline for you and lets you add your own flourishes on top. Plus, it looks pretty nice, which is half of the battle of internal tools. Yes. (laughs) So try Retool for free at retool.com slash toolsday. That's R-E-T-O-O-L dot com slash toolsday. T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y. Nice. Right. So speaking of tooling. Tooling tooling um yeah we actually did a show in react native a while ago i was just skimming through our history i'm like when i'm like when did we do this 2018 wow uh, what a and different that's the time. last time i touched react native <laughs> <laughs> early 2018 too it was like may in 2018 uh, february all right wait, hang on uh uh july 24th 2018 so uh two years and a few months um well, it's was, time to talk you know, about it again yeah, because talk a lot about it has again. changed, and I don't know any of those things that have changed, but Chris does because he's been working on a project. Yeah, so it, um, I think when we first did this two years ago, um, it wasn't brand new, but it was relatively immature. Uh, it had we, been around for a while. Yeah, um, it, yeah. Yeah, but so essentially we'll get a little bit of background. So React Native is an an open source application framework that enables developers to write in React-ish code. And I will say ish because I recall when we did do our episode and we played with it, it was not as close to web code as I expected. And that's because it transpiles into mobile native code. So it transpiles into, I guess, Swift now. And well, oh, yeah, so, well. well, kind of. Okay, so let's take a step back. So when we first did it, um, yeah, it was, it's, so the React Native team got a bunch of new people, I think, two years ago, or like right, right, after, right after we did it, and it's become a, a bigger priority for them. And so now, um, 
you're right. It is a compiled code. And so you you but it, you do write in JSX, and so it's the same style of React. It's it, it right. It you is still have the same concepts as same concepts and as the web. Right. The big difference is that on the web, you import in you know the um, render from React DOM. It's the you know you 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 render everything to a div ID, um, and then with React Native, there's a different target. And based on the platform you're exporting to, it compiles to a different thing. So for Android, it, it you know builds down to the, the whole Java project, and then for is it Java or uh, Java and Kotlin? I, I'm actually not quite sure what it compiles. So it compiles down to whatever each platform requires. Um, but I mean, I believe... for Android, you can write both Kotlin or Java, and that's why I'm wondering if it's yeah. now Kotlin, which I it might be. Was... Co- uh, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know, but crucially to maybe for 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 web developers is that you don't need to know because it, yeah, you, you don't have to think about it. So, um, um, and I think you know over the course of the quarantine, I think we've I've chatted about side projects a bunch, and I haven't really done. I haven't progressed far in any of them per se, and so I've been story doing of this. our lives. I know it's just been like, please, I just want to finish something. So, what is the project? Uh, so, the project I'm making is a weightlift, weightlifting application. So, I got into weightlifting a few months ago. It's been my quarantine thing. Nice. And um, I fig- so you know, I think we've both said this in 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 various times throughout the show, which is like, if you want to learn something, you should build something with it that's, that's something you're, you're interested in. I think, I mean, last year you, brought, you built a keto site. Um, yes. And this is my equivalent. I'm building a, a, a React Native mobile app for my weightlifting. So I love that. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was doing, I'm still doing keto life. Keto life's been good to me. And I, I guess I built a keto site. Now I'm doing a bunch of wedding crafts and wedding stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Next build step what is you like, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to like, uh, learn about like password protected web pages next so that i could right, there you go some nice yeah. authorization uh some next like, cubs exactly be... some general auth because i don't want yeah. everyone to have to create an account <laughs> yeah there you go although that would be convenient if i made every wedding guest create an account and then they entered in their addresses that i could manage and everything just build yeah, my I mean, own you could use uh i think auth zero and uh this is now an authorization episode and uh they're so it's just funny because I actually was just looking at the exact same thing for my application, which is like, how do I do, um, <laughs> how do I do, auth user auth on a mobile application? And um, I ended up, I haven't tackled it quite yet, because you know I am trying to go offline first with my application. Mm. So this is one of the biggest things, not the biggest thing, it's one of the things that I have been like pondering over is that um as i've been doing my side project is the way i think about design patterns is different on on mobile versus a desktop application more than just you know how do i write code it's like how do i architecture design or, or architecture like user, design, user experience design both you know so you know inside a web application i am confident i'm, I'm relatively confident that the person has access to the internet uh, I don't need to go offline first because the expectation is an offline first. But if you are inside a weightlifting application um, and you're just logging in your reps, you don't. There's no assumption I can make that the person is is actually online. Maybe they're just in a gym. It's got poor connectivity. Um, but they're mm-hmm. in a basement. Um, I can't expect them to be online. And so when I'm thinking of how do I store data, how do I do all these things on the web, where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to ping an API. I'll toss it over there. Everything's fine. 
um, on mobile, you have to think offline first. And so that has been kind of this interesting kind of nuance to building the side project that I hadn't really thought about when I started doing this in the first so place. So when you're building it, is all the data local or is it sending to a server at some point when you are online? Yeah, so that, that's something you have to decide as an application developer, right? And so what I've decided is that I'm keeping everything local. And so there is something called React Async Storage, and I'll drop a link in this below, not the YouTube, in the show notes. Um, and it is like the equivalent of local storage on the web where it's a key value storage and you can stringify the value to like dump into a cache and go from there. You can of course also use a database like you would do on the web, but I think, and this is kind of from what I've been poking around, if you want to build a good application, it needs to be offline first, right? Uh, it needs to work when people Definitely, aren't connected. Definitely, yeah. To, and so you, you need to develop either a sync between your local store and the database store or only have a local store. And so right now I'm local storage only, but I think as I go deeper into the application, I'll do, um, I'll have to do figure out something to kind of um, sync a local storage to a uh, web database somewhere. So what, as you're building, um, first of all, I want to talk about your general experience with yep. building a native app using React like yeah. syntax. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, I want to hear about the differences between React Native now and React Native two years ago, almost three yeah. years ago, even. There's, yeah. Yeah. So, um, building the app has been pretty straightforward in terms of the actual code itself. You know, you know, it's one of those things that the code itself has not been that different. One of the biggest things that you kind of have to grok is that um, React Native uses this engine called Yoga. Um, which is how they lay out essentially divs, um, and it's flexbox first, and so all styling is all layout is in flexbox, and it is hmm. a slightly tweaked flexbox at that, where it's mostly the same, but the um, the initial flex direction, for example, is a column, not a row, so things you know um, flow vertically first and then horizontally which flips, you know, your styling like justify content align items or right. other, other verse, this right? This is why so. I had trouble with React Native. <laughs> it was just similar enough, but there were a few things that were just so different that it was yeah. kind of like, like if you speak Spanish and you want to speak, port it's like reading Portuguese where like you don't really understand it, yeah. but you kind of understand the yeah. like how it sounds. <laughs> yeah. It, it I'll say it took me like maybe four hours to get in the groove of it. I mean, you know, because yeah, you're right. You know, and also because my day job is I'm building React Na React web apps all day, and so uh, when I go over to my side project in React Native, where things are a little bit different, it definitely has a little mind flip. But I'll say I actually prefer the React Native layout model. Okay. Except for except for the lack of gap, because you know when I'm when I'm doing my layouts in the web, almost always I'm thinking column first and then rows, because mm -hmm. um, that's the, that's the display block, right? That's that is columns, and um, um, flex makes it into a row first, and then you can have you have to. Um, it makes you know, sense. It makes override. sense for mobile. Yeah. It, it makes sense for mobile. It makes sense for most of the apps I make that I usually override. So I almost always override to go to column first and then on on the web, um, because you know I'll, I'll want something like I want to center this thing. 
And so I'll swap it to a Flexbox container. And then I also have to do a Flex Direction uh, because it's a column, not a row. Um, also, you know, the, the, the Flexbox engine in React Native has a couple, like, niceties. Like, so I remember a few, few weeks ago, or whatever, <laughs> two shows ago, we did a what's new in CSS. And you kind of showed, hey, there's this so much more to talk about now. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things you talked about was a new property called for padding, which is padding block and padding. Um, Logical properties. Logical uh, shorthands. Yeah. And what was the other padding one? In um, um, inset. In the horizontal. So padding block is vertical. Padding inline. In is it inline. So yeah, there's two it? directions: block and um, inline direction. Yes. And um, um, we were probably talking about logical properties. Yeah. Which uh, you should listen to that show because it's yeah. some important concepts. No, we won't go into it right now. <laughs> uh, uh, React Native has has those, but they call it padding horizontal and vertical. Um, and so if you want to do a, you know padding top and bottom, you say padding vertical um Ugh. same for left and right horizontal okay <laughs> the problem is when you change language and language that um, changes directions i guess that they're thinking more dimensions based on a phone vertical yeah. versus horizontal right it's for spacing on, on a phone yeah. and so when i'm thinking about it, i'm like oh it's just it's very it's very easy for mine to grok and so you know as i've gotten more and more into my react native application um it's got a bunch of primitives like that which are just really nice to use. And so it has an animation primitive, for example, and it has, you know, animated.spring out of the box. And so if you've ever used something like React Spring or React Motion or uh, any of the physics-based animation libraries like Frame or Motion, um, they all mostly use springs over uh, easing curves and timings. And uh, it makes it really easy to do kind of natural feeling animations where you just kind of play this thing out and it has a little spring to it. Um, and it's based on basically dimensionality as opposed to you setting out the curves and the and the time. And so uh, it's got a bunch of these things that as I'm going through and building, it's been pretty easy to build. Um, it's mostly just me wrapping around my, my head around concepts. I just didn't know how a view works. I didn't know how, you know, you have to account for the fact that a phone uh, an Android phone has a different view view size than an iPhone. You know, if I want something to scroll, there's a specific scrolling thing as well. Um, um, so it's it's mostly new concepts as opposed to um, just like oh, this is so strange. So it's been it's been really it's been really pleasant to build for React Native. It's, it's kind of my my long That's and short of, hear. of it. So what has been the biggest difference between web code and mm -hmm. react native i i'm assuming it's the styling portion of it because it, when i'm looking at this api it seems pretty close to jsx and the react that we're used to and like use yeah. effect and everything is all really yeah you can bring you bring in use state user use, use effect all those are the same um yeah it's mostly just the styling is different the libraries you have at hand is different because some libraries in the react world depend on react dom and of course in the react native world we don't have access to the dom um eventing is a little bit different um it's much easier to build a custom button in react native they have this <laughs> thing called press pressable and mm -hmm. uh, it's just super nice it, it, so it has this cool concept that it has the you know the actual um box that you render out and then it has what's called a hit rectangle which is saying that outside of this box what else should respond to this uh, to a user input 
Um, because, you know, if you make a, an icon on a, a mobile phone, you may want it to accept inputs from a, a range of, of areas. And that's kind of, that's, that's actually a new thing as of like two months ago in React Native. Um, and yeah, it's just really easy to build a custom, there, there are no default styles. And so I, you can just style whatever you want. Uh, I like and that. It's, you know, <laughs> immediately, I don't have to do a bunch of resets. Yeah. It just, it's like, here's the functionality and do whatever you want with it. Um, so yeah, you know, the biggest challenge has been to, for me to think, I got to think this has to, this has to work on a phone. Um, it has to work offline. It's more of a patternry thing than anything challenging with the code itself. I remember when I was doing some native app development, one of the biggest frustrations was the testing. So testing it on, like, you'd have to run an SDK and you'd have to, like, run this environment and it was just really heavy yeah. and really <laughs> difficult um, to just work with. I I'm just wondering if that's gotten any better. Um, I... So you do have to install Android Studio and you do have to install Xcode. So if you want to build a iOS application, you have to be on a Mac. Um, you cannot use a Windows computer for it. And setting up Windows to to do this, also I tried setting up Windows to run React, to, to do a development envi environment. Uh, and it was, I stopped about, <laughs> after about half an hour to an hour, I was like trying this out, it just didn't work. Um, so if you're not on OS X, um, and you want to set up a developer environment for mobile applications, um, specifically with it's React hard. Native. Yeah. Uh, it is just a, such a pain. On, 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 on the Mac, though, it was straightforward. Are you only uh, testing on iOS, or are you also no, testing no. on Android? So, yeah, so what, what, what you can do in both Android and uh, iOS is that both Android Studio and Xcode have emulators. Um, and so you can just kind of spin up a different phone of different different dimensions and hardware capabilities. And it's not as good as the real thing, but it's pretty, pretty close. Um, so I don't have an iOS device right now. Uh, so uh, when I'm testing it out, it'll be on Xcode emulator. But um, I'll say like, you know, so when you build a React Native application, you have the choice of either using Expo or React Native uh, CLI. Um, Expo has a whole bunch of things to make the developer environment much much easier i didn't use expo uh so i'm using the, the core react native cli um and i don't have access to some of the n some of the nicer like random shenanigans that expo has done to make the initial bootstrapping process easy um but what i've seen is that even with the react native cli it's been relatively straightforward on a mac to get everything going so um, um that's just been kind of my experience there cool um another thing i want to talk ask about was Easy. the community and if you've seen a lot of tutorials if you've seen like a lot of components or if it's still um it's still super non -ex i mean it's not it's early super, days it's not early days but it feels super suspect it seems <laughs> like all of the resources i've found have come from facebook yeah they're basically there's official resources there's a whole bunch of medium posts about Here's a React Native tutorial. The problem is that I read them and I know they're not very good because I, <laughs> I, I do programming anyways. And so I'll, I'll read these concepts and I'm like, oh, this is actually just wrong. Um, <laughs> and so and so I'm just like, it, it has been super hard to find. Chris with the call out. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just one of those things where like there's so much content out there 
on medium posts and on random places I've seen and I'll go through them and yeah they're they're not very good and so maybe there's no there's no, there's no like there's no like equivalent of, of like front end masters for react native you know maybe there's a front end master maybe there's a Probably react native be. on front end masters itself but you know I find it a lot easier to find like really good small like blog posts by by people for react proper like you know i can find something by kent dodds or um or um uh ryan florence or you know anybody or shirley Wu for like for like good react or uh, whatever the domain space is when i'm looking for the similar like who is an expert in react native it's been really hard for me to find mm. um like reliable sources for this and i don't know if this is just because i'm not plugged into that ecosystem as well as I am into the React one, obviously. And so it's, I know I have a good sense of like who is... I would think a there's a little bit source. of overlap at least. Yeah. So I would think there's more of an overlap. But like whenever I find a, a tutorial, a lot of it is around Expo. Um, and Expo is really cool. Um, Expo, is, for, th for those who don't know, um, you can either bootstrap an application with, with Expo or React Native, their native CLI. Um, the Expo team works with React Native to, be, to build theirs, and it abstracts out the process for so many different things um, right out of the gate for you. Um, and so, like, you can do over-the-air updates. You can do, um, you know, just JavaScript for everything. You, you um, It gets you this really cool developer environment. I didn't end up using React Expo because um, right now the integration with the Google Play Store or the iOS App Store, if you want to do paid applications, is not there. So once you get to that point, you have to eject out of Expo. And mm. um, I was also running into some some random Expo specific issues, um, which weren't the CLI, Sometimes CLI tooling that's supposed to make your life easier actually makes it harder. Yeah. So I was running into a lot of issues with, with Expo, especially with the fast refresh and all these debugging things, which I didn't think I should be ha having issues with. And so after I left the Expo universe and went to the, just the native native CLI universe, it was super easy for me to still, still get started. But now all the tutorials and docs were not there for me because they were all for people getting started in an Expo. Or, or I'm using Expo and I'm doing this thing. And so, um, yeah, so if, if you choose not to go Expo like I did, I think you quickly run into a world where um, the people who are not using Expo are not writing tutorials. Uh, on what they're doing, uh, so you have to do it yourself, and so. Um, yeah, yeah I feel a... like uh, a lot of tutorials rely on things like Bootstrap, also, or yeah. you know, back in the day, jQuery. That was just in every tutorial; they just assumed jQuery. Yeah. So it sounds like the same thing. I mean, I will also say that a lot of React assumes Redux. A lot of React ecosystem tools oh, yeah. have assumptions. Yeah, yeah. So. I think I I've seen the same thing on React Native where people are like, oh, it's like, why don't you just use Redux for this? And I'm like, I don't want to use Redux. Uh, so now what? And so. <laughs> so question for you. Um, yeah. Why did you decide to go with React Native and not just build an offline capable web app that can do okay. all these things? I mean, usually people pick React Native if they yeah. have to have some native capabilities, access to native APIs that you otherwise don't, which honestly the web is pretty robust now you can yeah. access camera you can access everything um yeah. so yeah i'm just curious as to why you picked react native yeah uh i had two different reasons for this um one on a, on like try a, pers it out. <laughs> a very personal level i just wanted to try it out and see if like hey can i build a mobile application um 
Um, and but two, I think for my target type of application, which is this is a workout application, the trend like people generally don't go to like like I I I think the it's a user probably wants to use a native application in that world. But you could um, build a PWA and have it I could feel build native. A PWA except for iOS, which iOS has crappy PWA integration. Um, um, and then, then crucially, what I also wanted to do is, so my first step, I wanted to build a mobile app. And the second step for me was to build a wearable app that connects to this. And I don't know about the bridge between um, sending events from a, um, a wearable app to a PWA. Interesting, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of my, my thought process there where one, I thought fitness applications, um, if it's, if it's native, um, I can like take take advantage of more of like the, um, some of the native ecosystem, um, what, wearable? The, store, the play store, <laughs> iOS, um, for wearables, I, uh, I just bought an Apple watch. I, so I, I just bought an iPhone. Uh, wait, 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 you just said that you were <laughs> developing on iOS. I I'm right now I'm developing on Android. But I have an iPhone arriving soon, um, uh, so I'll be swapping iPhone over to twelve. What the new one? I, iPhone twelve Pro Pacific Blue, um, um, and so I'll be swapping over to that world. And I want—I really wanted to build an Apple Watch app. Basically, I thought—I thought having like a, a fitness app on my on, on my on my wrist as opposed to on my phone was, is a so much a better experience as you know because most of what I'm doing is basically logging logging repetitions, you know, doing rest timers, all that kind of work. Which feels to me a more natural fit on your wrist than on your phone, and so mm-hmm. um, really, like the end goal for me is to build a a wearable interface that's good enough um, and plugs back into the the phone interface. But um, first step is the phone interface. Basically. That sounds neat. I look forward to trying it out one day. All right, your weightlifting <laughs> app once yeah. it gets done, because all side projects get finished, of course. I so what I've been doing is that I've been streaming myself program this. Uh, oh, like on Twitch. Twi- on Twitch, I do it like twice, two or three times a week, and it's been a good like motivator for me to just kind of like keep on doing it because I've got a lot farther in this application than I have otherwise. And so, uh, yeah, it's me and like four people. Um, nice. Um, but it's sidebar because I end up basically just talking to myself for an hour and a half, an hour and a half of programming. I've been a lot better at talking at work explaining my concepts because i'm just like talking my brain out as i'm programming for this for this application so it's been kind of a, a nice side effect of turns out if you talk aloud a lot uh you get better at it so. yeah i feel like that about devrel just like talking <laughs> about code <laughs> out loud yeah um cool so we are almost at the top of our show we will have a link to the twitch stream that chris is now doing bi-weekly ish so you can follow along in his React Native journey. But before we go, do you have any little tips or um, tools or websites that helped you a lot for folks that want to get started with React Native? Yeah. So um, as you kind of mentioned, a lot of the official tools are Facebook, um, and so like go through their docs, um, their library, their um, their um, API and components documentation is actually really, really, really good. I think Rachel Neighbors actually was in charge of this at some point. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure they have a team that works um, on this. So yeah, I think they just did a pretty big um, rewrite of it or a, a revamp of it, and so it, it's got a lot of good information to the point where I haven't really needed to go outside of 
the React Native website from almost anything I've looked up. I'm sure they'd be great. Um, so happy to hear that. <laughs> Unlike TypeScript, React Native talks great. There, of course, there are a few things where I'm like, oh, is this uh, is this a problem? And so I'll hop on Stack Overflow for that. But like for the vast majority of things, um, their guides and their component documentation is really, really good. Um, the routing library I use is called React Navigation. Um, there's actually a, a number of React navigation libraries, um, but if you're getting started with React Native today, I would say between combination React Native, React Navigation and the React Native CLI, you can do almost everything right out of the gate. And so start the React there. React CLI tools have been really good. Oh yeah, sorry. One more thing is that um, they built an application called Flipper, which is a dev tools app, standalone dev tools application, and it is like the best dev tools. It's so good, and it, it plugs right into your right into whatever you're running, and you can run it side by side to your actual application, your actual emulator, or whatever else you're using. Really good. So nice. uh, look that up too. Um, check out yeah. Flipper. Check out the React Native docs. Just React Native Dev. Um, cool. So thank you all for joining us today and big shout out to our sponsor retool where you can have a beautiful drag and drop interface for all of your internal app UI needs. You can try retool for free at retool.com slash tools day. That's R E T O O L.com slash tools day. Uh, thank you, Chris, for letting us into your brain and into your world about react native. And if you liked our podcast, share it with a friend so that um, they also can know about it because that's how people discover our show. That's all we have this week. We will see you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.